Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Lee. With me is Todd. Todd, how are you? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm full of happy hour podcasts. Yes. Are you, are you drinking happy hour stuff? Are you drinking an alcoholic beverage as we speak? I am drinking a shock top Belgian white as we speak. Belgian light. Hmm. I don't Belgian think I've seen white. that. Belgian white. Shock top Belgian oh, white. white. I was thinking shock top made a light beer all of a sudden, which would be kind of cool. Which would be kind of cool. It is, uh, it is fine. I am drinking a Blake's hard cider, Ooh. which is about 7% ABV. It's a Tropicolata. No, no, no. Let's try it again. Tropicolata. Tropicolata? A Tropicolata hard cider. It's my... It's my uh, sixth one today. We're coming live I, from uh, Santa Monica, California. It's funny. We, we can lie on this podcast. It's a podcast. Nobody has any idea what we're doing. That's true. We can lie because no one listens, which makes it perfect. That's true. I listen. And then I'm like, man, why do I listen to wow. this? I'm lying. Wow. The, uh, this is 87% alcohol. No wonder it's so good. Mm, bitter. Hoppy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hoppy. It is kind of hoppy. Actually, I picked up uh, some random imperial ale, which was really hoppy. It was like, and I'm sure for most people it would be fine, but I'll I'll have to look it up and tell you post production. Hi Ted, because uh, I can't remember what what is and I don't have it in front of me. But Ted um, leaves after the show. He's only on the pre pros. Yeah, true. At Ted pre. Pros. I listened. I go back and listen to this podcast <laughs> so we can have one listener listen to this podcast. And I, I still, I, I feel like I'm swallowing my words all the time. Better still. than what you usually swallow. You know what I'm saying? Hey, oh, that's from the Nikki X. That's from the Nikki X show. Sorry. Eh, it's, it's all one and the same. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. You got to make, you got to make a dollar or five dollars, or in my case, twenty five cents where you can. Um. True. You get enough bags, plastic bags, and you sell them, and you fill them with anyone. So yeah, then you get pardoned from President Biden. Pardon, yes. Actually, most of my bags have been, for some reason, I've seen it on the news, shipped from Florida to Massachusetts lately. I have no idea why what that's about, but well, that's because you don't f with a Biden. Well, I should backtrack. I shouldn't say that. That's 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 callous. I shouldn't say that. They're getting shipped from Florida to Massachusetts, but we know the bags are actually from Texas. So true. Quite true. Yeah. Anyway, who's not from Texas is the Seattle Seahawks. Your two and two Seattle Seahawks after a forty-eight forty-five victory over the Detra 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 Lions. Detra. And you, you once lived in Michigan, um, like we were both born in the 1700s and it was still yes. at that time, correct me if I'm wrong, still actually run by Native Americans. So probably much better run than it is now currently. It was the Chippewa Lions back then. Chippewa Lions. What was that like? Living well, there, not, uh, not the Chippewa uh, Lions. Pretty, they were... pretty, well, the Chippewa Lions were pretty much the same as the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions is like what? they were the Chippewa Night Trains. A lot of people didn't Let's... know that. That actually <laughs> sounds losing... pretty cool. It does. Lots of losing seasons. Yeah, uh, it was it was chilly in winter and and warm in summer. A lovely state, actually. It is a lovely state, but smelled of herbs in winter. So, uh, mold. Anyway. Gladiator. Mold? Mold. mold. Not mold, but mold. M-U-L-L-E. Mold. Spicy. Like a cider? Spicy. Spicy and moldy. Yes. Like your uh, Tropicana drink. That's uh, it's funny. Ciders upset my stomach most of the time, but for some reason the ciders don't. I have no idea why. Maybe because I'm I'm too uh too uh 
intoxicated to realize I'm not intoxicated. I know I sound that way, but I'm not actually intoxicated. But maybe I'm too intoxicated in theory to feel like my stomach's being upset. I could be. I could be. Could be. Probably the alcohol is coating your stomach to protect it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, the Seattle Seahawks are two and two. Uh, Geno Smith leads the uh, all time NFL completion percentage through four games. That's true. That's actually not even a lie. Which is true, which is insane, isn't it? Isn't that just insane? 77.8. And it's funny because he's, he, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but he's doing what he, it does, they did open up the game last week in in a trade-off. Yeah. And they had to because their defense opened up their game too, the wrong way. You know, it's funny because, so I was listening to a former Seahawk, a long time Seahawk, uh, from like the 70s and 80s talk about who's often a guest on Seattle Sports Radio and he was like you know I have rewatched and he wasn't lying because this guy does the pre and post games for the Seahawks he's like I went back and watched this game about 15 times and he, <laughs> he was like I got to figure out what's wrong with this defense and he was like I came to the conclusion that the defense really isn't that bad and then he's he actually made a good point. He was like, okay, they gave up 45 points. They yes. gave up two really bad drives. The yes. end of the game and then one in the first half, which is completely true. He's like, but if you look at it, they Seattle, if it wasn't for that fumble, punt fumble by Tyler Lockett, they stopped mm-hmm. him three and out to start the game. He said also... Um, they stopped them again, three and out, but they had the fake punt, and which was, it was what it was. He said early in the game, this could have been such a blowout, but that we, the Seahawks fumbled, and then they had the fake punt, which kind of set up the rest of the game. And then you had the defense, you had Tariq Woolen, let's go ahead and announce it. That's a freaking beast. He is a yeah. beast. Anyway, I mean, he he took that ball like, yeah, I'm going to catch that. He, he knew he was going to catch it. He's like, I see it. I'm fast enough. I'm going to intercept it. I'm going to run it back. It's pick six. That really should have been the game. But then it was weird because the offense, I I was talking about this with um, someone after the game. And I was like, yeah, with Pete. And I was like, Pete, you know, your your offense scored every time you literally scored every time you had the ball until the end. He was like, no, that's not true. And I'm like, no, seriously, you scored literally every time you had the ball. And the was, best punter in the league, and he didn't get to even step on the field, yeah, which is yeah. great, which is great. But yeah. how bizarre is that? Absolutely. And the Seahawks tweeted out something funny about that. Like, did you see that? They tweeted uh-huh. out a a milk carton of with Michael mm-hmm. Dixon's face. Have you seen? Um, Have you seen this young man? Yes. Do you? Re- that was the <laughs> first time in Seahawks history they had yep. not punted. Which is amazing. shocking. Yeah. What's really shocking, as you said, this is a Geno Smith-led offense. Highest highest completion percentage through four games in, in league history, which is insane. And first time the Seahawks offense went an entire game without punting. And this is the guy that a lot of people, and, and to be honest, all of our writers, including you, including me, we weren't exactly sure that Geno was going to be the answer. I, I was most of us were content with that because we're thinking of next year. You know, again, it's not all about, oh, this is the last season on Earth It's like we got to win this one. But and and also have to put in a caveat that the Lions are they don't play defense well. I'm not sure if they understand what the word means, because you look at some of the scores they've been involved in. Of course, the flip side of that is they're an excellent offensive team. So. Can I can mm-hmm. I interrupt you for just a second? Please, please do. A hundred percent correct. I'm not disputing any of that. In fact, I'm gonna piggyback on that in the fact that Ooh, piggyback. They, I like that. I, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Margot Robbie. So um what the hell was I gonna say? Oh, I don't Am- know. Amsterdam, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it yet, but I'm I'm interested. So not this the city too, yes, but the movie. But the and I, I'm glad I haven't seen this too too much this week, but the the Lions were missing two key offensive players, right? Right. If they had played, the game still wouldn't have been any different. It no. still would have been the same. 
it was the the defenses are just so atrocious. So I'm glad it never it didn't come down to the Lions missing DeAndre Swift and St. Brown. It just literally came down to Jared Goff made he he played great. He made a yeah. mistake that cost the team, and then they had the um that I mean it was he didn't play badly, and the Seahawks defense played horribly when it mattered most, which is a lot like what we saw last year. Yeah. Which is odd because they played, they came up huge when it mattered most in the first game. Because, I mean, because Denver went up and down the field on them, but. Well, everybody's done that against Denver. Except for scoreboard. If Geno so, is on Denver's, yeah. I'll say it, after four games. Yeah. If Geno Smith is on Denver's team, that Denver team is three and one. Yeah. No, the thing is, even in the San Francisco game, in which, of course, the offense was shut out. Just like the Rams, uh, so there's nothing to complain about there. The Rams got nine. Yeah, exactly. Forty ers defense yeah. too. Yeah, the Niners defense is 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 incredibly good, sadly. But Geno played well in that game. That uh, he didn't play great, but he played well. It's, it is really coaching decisions more than anything. I mean, that after all, that's the game where Rashad Penny is like, oh, they remembered who the guy is this time, thankfully. Yeah, Penny, but, had, Penny missed that game, sadly. I'm assuming I didn't see him. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Six carries. It's like, what do you do? What do you do in giving this guy who led the league in yards per game, it, yards, it, yards per it, carry? It's funny. You texted me during the second half of the Lions-Seahawks game, and you're like, oh, I guess they found Penny again. And I was like, no, he's literally yeah. got 14 carries. It's the same as every other game. It's just yeah. they they Shane Waldron had two brilliant calls. And he called them at the exact right time, which is when the Lions were blitzing and they yeah. left. Uh, if you if Penny and Penny's made for this, right, if Penny right. gets through the line, he's gone. And that happened twice. Actually, it happened three times. So he got tripped up, yeah. basically tripped himself up. But it was, um, yeah, two brilliant calls. More than anybody, so. And that's the thing is like Penny and I have to give and I didn't mention this one because it means so much to the players that I gave. Penny, my MVP, instead of... It means so much to <clears throat> players, what you give them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because... Who do you course, think you are? It's, it's hyper, you know, they, all, they all read our comments. Hyperbolic. That's like Lee Val saying that. Yeah. Like anything so matters. What I does. gave him my MVP, but I gave Penny the MVP rather than the guy the who was... Him, I think. Because, I mean, to me, he was actually more important than the guy who was <clears throat> leading the league and completion percentage because he was able to sustain those drives and they turned to him in that last drive when they needed to actually pick up. A, and how often have we seen the Seahawks do this last year when all they got to do is get a first down and they don't get it this time. They got it. And who do they depend on? They depended on Penny. And I'm really going to give. And he Walt blew up two credit. of those defenders, two oh. of them. And he, he got that first down easily. Yeah. And I have to give Shane Waldron credit because how many yards did Penny have in the first half? I think it was six. I mean, honestly, it sounds ridiculous, but I, but he literally no, had hard, any yards yeah. in the first in the first half. But they realized it's like we just have to keep feeding him for the first time this year. They realized, oh, you know what? If we keep giving him opportunities, he will break through. Yeah, because they, they that was the first that. time, just like you said, the first time this year. That was the first time the offense went into halftime and adjusted without having to wait to see what the defense was going to do to them. Yep. Finally. Because, yeah. Gino was hot. DK was hot. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Lockett was Tyler throughout the whole game. Yes. It's like they went in, they came out the second half and they were like, we're going to change it up and this is what we're going to do. And it kept work. They scored 24 points in the first half, 24 in the second half. And with almost completely different philosophies of how they were going to run the offense. Yep. Pretty amazing. Now, that was that was and to be clear, if it hadn't been if it hadn't been for Tariq the freak, we would have lost the game because the offense only put up 41 points, which sounds ridiculous. That's true. But yeah. the defense gave up 45. So, I mean, that was a huge team win. Definitely. But I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Lockett and the way you said it is like Tyler, like I was he's Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett doesn't get hot. He doesn't get cold either. He's always, always like right at the boil. Like Metcalf, Metcalf, completely different kind of player in, in every way. But I mean, 
he bl- completely blew up against Detroit. And earlier this year, you know, he was targeted 12 times, caught five passes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you're going to get with Metcalf. And you're more than happy to deal with it because when he's on, there's nobody like him. Where Tyler Lockett, you target him 12 times, he's going to catch 10 of those balls, if not 12. Yep. Every single time. That guy does not get shut out unless you just don't throw to him. Uh, to, that's why, to me, he's or still unless, uh, number one. Castillo is pitching. <laughs> yeah, unless. But that's why, to me, he's still uh, the number one receiver for Seattle. And always will be as long as he's there. I mean, Metcalf is probably going to have better stats and all the rest of it. But when the game's on the line, I'm going to look for Tyler Lockett every time, not Metcalf. You know, situational dependent, of course, blah, blah, blah. But you know Lockett's going to make that catch. If it's humanly possible, of course, that's the difference is in some cases, you're not quite sure that Metcalf is human because, oh, my God, <laughs> the guy is not right. so great. And, and back to Tariq. I mean, Tariq is starting to look like he's the defensive equivalent of Metcalf. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. I mean, he's he's I'm I'm sure I'm correct, but but he's only played cornerback for two years, isn't that right? Yeah, in college. <laughs> well, two and two two years and four games. But two he, years we've and four talked, games. we talked about that before. It's like he, right. you know, in that first game, he got called for that PI because he didn't turn mm-hmm. around. And then, right. and we're not the only people talking about this. We're not the only. We're not. I'm not yeah. saying we're smarter than everybody else. But in that second exact same play, he turns around. And he right. has he picks up stuff, and maybe it's because so, Richard Sherman is saying, "Hey," and that's gonna help. I mean, hell, if if I'm if I'm doing a job, and I've got a Richard Sherman equivalent who's like, "Hey, I'll I'll talk to you about." Hell, yeah, I'm yes. Give yeah. me all the knowledge. I have the physical skill to do it. Give me yeah. all your knowledge. That's gonna help me. But it's clear right. that he has he's picking up stuff. Like that. I mean, it's just he's got two interceptions, two straight weeks, both basically the same play. But he's picking, he's seeing what the offense is going to do, and he's reading yeah. the play, and he's not getting beat deep. He's giving several 137 said, yards total. Yeah, yeah. Several commentators have said that he he baited that that play, absolutely set that up because it looked like oh he's open, and and he gets he, he runs to the sideline and he's like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a rookie. I really don't know what I'm doing. Just wait till next year. Yeah, as we said before the season started, that we thought, we both thought, and probably most people thought, but by the end of this season, he'll probably be starting along with Bryant. And then, and legitimately have earned that spot. And it's like, this guy's going to be an all, he's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, Yep. uh, I mean, he he's starting. Yeah, he should. Be, he'll be a Pro Bowler. It's. I mean, that's kind of a like a uh, popularity contest, right? But it is. He, it should, is. he has the effervescence and size and and uh, explosive and, ability, which he shows. And he'll have stats. That's the and thing. he'll have stats, like, right? That's um. That's just yeah, I'm thinking by next next good. year he'll he could be a, a Pro Bowler or the year after. But and you kind of hit on the rookies. I mean, they have. I mean, Brian's a starter at this point. Yep. If Coleman comes back and he's healthy, Brian's still probably going to be the slot corner. And I'm wondering if Coleman does come back. I have no idea. But if Coleman comes back, Justin Coleman, and he plays the slot, if they move Bryant to the other outside corner, I don't know how good he can be. But, hell, whoever's playing in the other outside corner ain't no good. So it's like you got Tariq <laughs> yeah. on the right side, and then you got Bryant – and then you got Coleman. I mean, that may be the best fit they have. So that's two rookies. And Charles Cross is is he's good for a rookie. Abe Lucas is just a freaking beast. Charles Cross. I mean, they they ran behind him multiple times in that Lions game, and he is just he is a beast. Charles Cross has has improved game by game, like Tariq. But Lucas, that dude, yeah, like you said, he's a beast. I mean, that guy. Holy cow. He's played in the NFL for eight years. That's what it seems like. <laughs> Looks like it, right? Unbelievable. I mean, we talked about the draft afterwards. And it's like, if these guys pan out the way they look like they're going to pan out. And so far, yes, every one of them. I mean, of those top, that top tier is like, holy cow. Unbelievably good. 
uh, easily. I mean, the way it looks now, I don't know. Is this the best draft in Seahawks history? And yeah, I know they've had some pretty amazing drafts, like some guy named Russell. Uh, and you know, be in the same year. Yeah, but this could be their best draft ever because it's not just two guys or three guys. Did Bobby, did Bobby Wagner hit that guy who ran onto the field um, in Monday night's game harder than any other Seahawk linebacker had hit another player so oh, far this year? Oh, yeah, easily, easily. Did you see that guy's thinking about suing? Yeah, he filed a police report, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure why you <laughs> trespassed, and you're going to file a police report? because I don't even know why the police let him file a report. I guess they kind of have to, but, but yeah, it's like, that's kind of ballsy. It's like, I'm going to go trespass and interrupt, <laughs> interrupt something, which I'm sure is a separate violation. And then file a complaint. Uh, okay. Good luck with that, buddy. It's weird. Cause I mean, I, his, his the, reason he, the reason Bobby, he, he has 30 seconds with you. <laughs> well, the reason he ran onto the field is to protest like how, Pigs yeah. are being. I mean, fine. I get it. Good. Fine. But you ran onto the field, which you aren't supposed to do, and then you ran exactly. towards towards the Rams sideline. Which so Bobby Wagner didn't have to run down the field. You ran right. towards the Rams sideline. In this day and age, you honestly have no idea what anybody's going to do. Which I mean, is what Bobby Wagner said, and he's right. And of course, he's right. Absolutely, he's right. You don't have any idea what, what's going on. The guy's carrying a smoke bomb, for Christ's sake. He's not just some random dude running around. He's got a smoke bomb. You don't know what else he has. And like you said, in this day and age, who knows what's going, what, what the guy's got. Bobby Wagner was protecting. I think he's okay as long as there's no kids around. But <laughs> Sadly. God. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, Hopefully, yeah. when that goes to trial they uh laugh at the guy and they give him his 30 day suspended sentence for trespassing and send him on his way one thing that's bizarre is like so many people said oh it's because it was pink smoke a lot of people literally were saying oh it's a gender reveal it's like and some people were awareness seriously saying that i was like come on don't be so stupid it's like all you have to do is read a news article and you know what it's about yeah, well, well, that's true. But I mean, when you're watching it, you don't know, and you see, oh, it yeah. could, could be. I didn't think gender reveal. I was like, oh, maybe no. it's, he, he shouldn't have been on the field, but it was what it no, was. No, no, but this is two days later, and people are saying that. And it's like, come on. In the moment, yeah, I can see someone saying that, but two days later, it's like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Like that guy running on the field. You know, I don't care if he's protesting the invasion of the Ukraine. It's like, dude, that's not the place. It's like, and if you're willing to pay the penalty for it, okay, the penalty. One of the penalties is Bobby Wagner is going to drop you <laughs> like a bad habit because you're not where you're supposed he to be. Bro- he broke the law, and now he's, he's again, uh, the guys, uh, whatever he was protesting, I, I kind of agree with. That doesn't yeah. make it right that you should run onto the football exactly. field. But it's like, it's like okay, maybe maybe it was fine. But now that you're filed a police report, you're just asking for more trouble. Like, okay, you might as well just go to jail then. I mean, you're you're creating it worse for yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I'll kind of like the Seahawks defense whenever they put anybody. Daryl <laughs> Taylor. Yeah. Daryl Taylor is carrying the uh, the pink canister of smoke, basically. Yeah, as as badly as Daryl Taylor is playing, and not just Daryl Taylor, but I mean, uh, obviously we we are missing Bobby Wagner. On that defense is quite a bit more than we expected we would be, yep. but more than Russell Wilson, much more than a Russell lot, Wilson, a lot more, yeah, a lot more, yeah. What's the deal? And you know, I kind of want to write an article about it, but I kind of, I mean, I really want to, but it's really not our place because we write about the Seahawks and not former Seahawks players. I don't and think there's, there's anything wrong with that, though. I, I think there could be an article like contrasting Bobby a- Wagner and, and Ru- Russell Wilson this season. True, that's true. But I mean, it's probably, just, do, probably do better than everything else we've had so far this Russell, month. Which is weird. <laughs> Russell, you know, I wrote an article about, and, and you should read. No, don't read the article because it's not that good. But I mean, just obviously, surprise-winning article. Don't tell yourself. Better. Norman Mailer actually gave you the FedEx year the award. He did, but he punched me in the right in the, right in the teeth. Really that's right. Um, 
Oh, yeah, Geno Smith is obviously playing much better than Russell Wilson. But, I mean, people were clamoring. People were crying. It's like, oh, why don't we get Baker Mayfield? Why don't we get Jimmy G? It's like, we said that, and we said that. Take holy, a, holy hell, we were take, wrong. Take a look at what's going on with those guys, all three of them for that matter. It was like, no, and I said, and you know, and I said, I expected Mayfield would be better than Geno Smith, and I also wrote that I expected Jimmy G would be better, but that it wasn't worth it because if they were great, they'd be cost way too much money, and it's a rent a quarterback, and there's no point in that for one season. It was like, and we're only four games in. By the end of the year, Baker Mayfield might be better than Geno. Absolutely. I, Maybe. I don't doesn't know. look like it's going to happen. No. Jimmy, but the Seahawks better. lied to us. They lied to us last year. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. I, and I'm, what I'm saying by that is those three starts that Geno had, they yeah. didn't let Geno be Geno, no. which they didn't really do because his completion this percentage game. was 68% last year. Right. He, his quarterback rating was over 100 last year. And yeah, then when we we started this year, I mean, we were still like, eh, you know, I mean, Gino's limited. He's, he is, and he still might be, but he might be perfect for that offense too. Right. But it's exactly. it's like through the first three games, we were like, man, you know, it's we see what's possible. They just don't let him do anything in the second half, and then it's like finally, like now they saying, finally- yeah, because people were saying, oh, you know, we need to. I trust Gino. It was almost like when he went on his show, he was like, I I trust Gino. We need to let him go. It was clear that he, and I have no idea if this is inside information, but because it's not, but it's clear that during, he must have gone to Shane Waldron and be like, Shane, you got to let Gino cook a little bit, right? Because what they, what we saw in week four was completely different. And Gino was still the same player. He's just been terrific. His his completion percentage is going to go down because nobody's ever going to complete 77.8% of their passes, but he's. And the other issue is if DK or Tyler get hurt, whew, yeah, the offense is gonna suck. But they're gonna it, but, on the tight ends even more. Yep. But what we're seeing from Gino, and we're kind of to to hit on that Russell thing. What we're seeing from Gino this year versus Russell Wilson, and if Russell Wilson were still in Seattle, we'd have the same issue with Russell Wilson. Is the fact that Gino yeah. is, whatever reason, tall enough, whatever reason. He's seeing the middle of the field. How often are the tight ends getting hit over the middle of the field? Yeah. And Russell Wilson has proven again in Denver that he can't yeah. see. He missed that wide open guy for a touchdown. Wide open. The guy literally waving his arms at him. Yep. And he doesn't see him. But part of that is because he's, and I don't know, nobody knows what's going on with Russ. And I guarantee you Hackett doesn't know because Hackett apparently doesn't know what a football looks like. But. Russ clearly doesn't know because if he did, he'd fix it. And this is not to we're not knocking Russ. Both of us think this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, even if he doesn't turn the season around here. But it's so weird. I mean, I was telling a friend of mine the other day is like, I wonder if it's honestly like if he needs Lasix or something. I, seriously, because something is going on and has been going on with Russ since what? The second half of 2020. He's just not seeing things like he used to see things. Literally. And he's locking on to receivers, which he didn't used to do. I'm glad you said that, because I think that's it's not that he can't see. I'm assuming he can't see those people in the middle of the field. He and like you said, he's missed them the last two years and the Titans were ill used the last couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. But he's locking on to receivers. And I wonder if it's more of an ego thing, because. We, you know, we've talked about this with Russ. He is very rehearsed in everything he says. And he yeah. feels like, you know, I've got to get to Denver. I've got to make Cortland uh, Sutton much better. And he has. He focused on Sutton. He focuses on Sutton way too much. And when he, he doesn't yeah. look to other receivers, which is the same exact issue he had when he didn't have Tyler or DK. And, and it's the same thing. So I wonder if it's more of an ego thing. I'm Russell Wilson. And just hearing him talk about like, oh, you know, my the, the players here, are, it's like, well, you are one of the players. You're not one of the coaches. I know you think that. And like Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers still is like, maybe he's the most important voice in the Packers organization, but he's still a team member. Tom right. Brady's still a team member. And, and right. Russell, I think, sees himself above the team. And he's not good enough. He's not good enough to do that. He's a great quarterback. Well, but he's nobody not Aaron Rodgers, and he's not, exactly that's nobody only is. maybe Peyton Manning when he was with the Colts, possibly. And Peyton Manning would never, never do that exactly. Except, 
except for kickers. Um, and that's and that's the thing. And that's the thing that Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett were saying. And back when they were saying that, pretty much every, well, not everybody, but most of us, I certainly was one. Uh, just kind of sounds like sour grapes. It's like, yeah. I complained when I was in the Seahawks locker room, and then they kicked me out because they realized I wasn't on the team, and it was illegal for me to be there. Was that when Bobby Wagner like just dropped you? Like, oh yeah. man, he, he annihilated me. He annihilated me. <laughs> he As just he should have. He should have. You just came out of your coma this week. Um, Lost one of my yeah, teeth. I was like, and I still brag about it. I'm like, Bobby knocked a tooth out. How awesome am I? <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh my god, I would, I would talk about that every damn day. It's like, <laughs> see this, see this. I would see never spot? That. Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, B Wags, right there. You get a tattoo to my tongue and like put it right where the hole is. Um, Russell Wilson, it, it, more than anybody I can think of offhand, manufactures his own persona right he's so media savvy he is steve garvey to, to his, <laughs> there you I go mean, he is to, we talked about that before but right. that's what he is right. yeah which doesn't make him a bad person i'm not saying he's a bad person but that's how he rolls and just like you said he he clearly sees himself as separate maybe not above the team but separate from the team and I think that it does feed into it. It's like, well, I'm Russell Wilson. It's like, I don't care if there's three guys covering him. I can, I can make that throw. And often he does. But the problem is when a guy's wide open, Geno Smith is the kind of guy who says, oh, hell, that dude's open. I can probably make that throw. I can probably thread the ball between those two defenders. And he also can. But look, there's Will Disley. There's no one within 80 yards of the guy. Exactly. I think I'll throw it to him. And he or, does it. Or the other thing is, which Russell has done less and less, Gino is like, I don't have yeah. anybody open. You know what? I can probably pick up eight yards right here if I yeah. run up the middle. Yeah, which is weird that Russ is not doing – well, it's not weird. He's just getting older. That's all there is to it. And he's taken a lot of – you know, how often did Russ complain about the offensive line? Like how often per week, right? Okay, so now he's in Denver. Oh, he's got his dream because he, this is the team he chose. He had he, he had 31 teams to choose from. This is the team he wanted. Who's getting sacked? Russell Wilson twice as much as Geno. And yes, getting, he's Geno's getting rid of the ball faster. And and I know that people go, oh, you know what? The Seahawks finally. Geno has two rookie tackles. He should yeah, be getting exactly. hit a lot, and he's not but, because he's. You know what? I'm about to get hit. Maybe I should throw the ball away or maybe yeah. I'm just making quicker decisions and I'm not trying to hit the home run ball all the time. Right. And that's the big difference is because Russ always and often Russ does hit the home run ball. Absolutely. Not taking that away from him. But so often and we saw that from the second half of 2020 on. He would hold on to the ball and hold on to the ball and run around. And hoping to get that big hit. And a lot of times he would, but a lot of times he'd take the sack. And a lot of people have written about that, saying that, well, a lot of those sacks are in Russ. They're not on the offensive line. When you're running around, you've got the ball and it's five seconds in, and you get sacked, it's like, whose fault is that? It's not your tackles. <laughs> so, you know, those tackles, they're playing great. So a lot of it, yeah, the offensive line is better. But a lot of it, like you said, it's Geno making smart decisions. It's like, is this guy the best quarterback in the NFL? No. But should this guy have been playing? I, I don't know if he should have been playing along because maybe he needed maybe he needed some time to figure out who he was as a player. But he certainly has figured it out now. And I, you know, I know, like you said, he's not going to be, you know, have thrown for 77 percent of his passes at the end of the season. That's not going to happen. But we've seen finally the Seahawks opened it up, and he's still basically the same player, except he's throwing deeper balls. Yep. And it certainly helps that now the Seahawks have realized, oh, if we actually run the ball more, that's going to draw the defenses of up. We're going to have more players open. Right now they're having a lot of tight ends that are getting open, which is crazy. I mean, because <laughs> they, they have, have they have the talented have receivers. At yeah. tight end, and they're able to use it. But the the thing about Geno too is he won't complete seventy seven percent. But how no. many? If you go back and watch the games, or you're watching the games, and you watch Geno play, I mean, it's not like, oh, he's lucky to be complete. 
he's not lucky. He's not putting yeah. the ball. He's putting the ball where it needs to be put. He's it's not big, doing anything crazy. Which is exactly what Pete said before the season started, and no one believed him. I didn't particularly believe him either. I mean, I thought, okay, yeah, Gino, we'll go with Gino, and we'll see how it goes. I didn't think it would be terrible. But there's no way in hell I thought he would be this guy. Nobody thought he would. Gino, I don't know if even Gino thought he would be this guy. I mean, this is ridiculously good. But that's the thing, I mean, and all credit to a guy who's stuck with it for years. You know, and then he sits behind Russell Wilson and is like, well, you know, I'm not going to get any starts. And that here he is. And he's he's proving that he is he's proving that he was worth that draft pick. Uh, what seems like in, in the eighties at this point, seems like he's been around forever. Right. It was yeah. like, he was with the jets. It's like, who's going to be sorry, Ted, but who's going to be successful with the jets. Right. You know, well, I mean, so, then their defense is good enough to where it could beat the Broncos in a couple of weeks, I think, which says a lot, but yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and we, we put out an article, Matt home article that we posted on 12th man rising dot com today that uh it was like oh should gino be extended and there's already been like a few responses that are like yeah it's way too early it's like is it is it really because you can kind of see what gino can do and yeah. let's say you draft a quarterback whoever that happens to be next year right. and i'm assuming they will because just because gino's not young um right. but exactly. and and maybe you take it with the second pick who knows the the broncos could the way they're playing Seattle could have from the Broncos trade. They could have that pick at number six and maybe yeah. the Seahawks is number nine. We'll just take a quarterback with six or at number nine and take somebody else at number six. Either way, you're going to wind up with a quarterback high is what I'm saying. A lot of but, good quarterbacks. For sure. Yeah. But why not just, okay, go ahead and extend Juno for another year. Why would you rather have a rookie starting next year? Then you're taking another step back. And this offense seems like currently, it seems like it's good enough to, to win some games. <laughs> I, I, might, defense. I might wait a couple more games just to see because. Well, I'm not saying pay him like $25 million oh, a year. No, I'm no. saying because that's $7 million yeah. a year. Yeah. Um, Although if it's Gino, he might be like, well, hell, I'm having the season I am. Let's just see what happens after the offseason. Let's see who makes me an offer then. And I don't blame him. I would. I don't either. I mean. It's like, that's his job. I mean, anybody would do that in any walk of life, right? It's like, oh, I'm so loyal to AT&T or Starbucks or whoever. It's like, no, nobody does that. It's like, it drives me crazy when people say, oh, they're not loyal. It's like, are you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Are the companies loyal? You work for Home Depot and Lowe's comes up and says, hey, uh, you know, I know you're making 18 an hour over there, but I'm going to pay you 37 and uh, we, we know that's skewed day, anyway, right? because it's like as an employee, you have to get two weeks notice. If you're a, an employer, it's like a fire in one day. Yeah. So I don't I don't blame him if he does that, but it might be. Yeah, it might be smarter for them to just go ahead and. And start talking and sign him as soon as they can, because what we know what the ceiling is for, for Gino, right? He's he's at it right now. He's not going to get better. He just played the Lions, who have an atrocious defense. It's like and if he somehow I don't know, if you know it, gets, but you ran for sixty-seven yards. <laughs> if he if he somehow actually gets better, it's not it's going to be marginally better, right? But we I think we also have seen the the basement level for him, right? And which was the Niners, and he was not bad against the Niners. That's the thing. It's like, is this guy a quality starter? Nobody thought he was going to be a quality starter except for the Seahawks. And probably some people in the organization didn't even think that. He's proven. It's like four games in, yes, he is absolutely a quality starter. Is he going to throw for 77%? Of, no, he's not going to do that. that. That would be insane. But absolutely. Is he going to? Is he better than what a rookie would be next year? Like you said, it's like, <laughs> how could? How could a rookie quarterback come into the NFL and play better than what Geno is doing? That's impossible. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Like, they need to sign this guy. And, and if he's asking for 25, it's like, have fun out there. Because if they were going to do that, they would have kept Russ. Not that Russ would stay for 25, but it's like they're, the whole point was to move to the, to the oh point gosh. where they're spreading yeah. that salary. 
I'm glad you but brought that up because the Broncos are, are screwed when it Aren't comes they to ever. contract. Because it's like they're not even paying his extension. Yeah. At this point, well, uh, Hackett's going to be fired after this year if if they keep going down. And oh. he should be. He should be fired. Hackett should be fired now. Now. That's a good point. I mean, why wait? He's not going to. He's not going to suddenly become a good coach. It's like you spent a quarter, literally, you have committed a quarter of a, up to, sorry, a quarter of a billion dollars on one player, and you have this guy coaching him. You're wasting time. The, the calendar is flipping every single day. And you're going to keep this moron? Sorry. Yeah. This idiot, this absolute moronic fool? He's not a head coach. There's a reason like, NFL coaches get recycled and the decisions yeah. he's made this year are why, because he is yeah. clearly over his head in the most important moments of football game. Yeah. It was like, was it the right? Yeah, they absolutely made the right call. And, and Russ blew it because Russ didn't see the guy who was wide open. So Russ carries plenty of the blame for sure. But. But run the ball. Half. Yeah. Half of the. Yeah. As, as Mr. Sherman said. God dang. <laughs> so much credit. Run the ball. For not, for not the ball. ball. Yeah. Do you not learn from your mistakes? That's such a classic line. But, uh, yeah, it's just I, because they're not going to get rid of Russell Wilson. They can't. And, and, and I absolutely think, no, they can't. I absolutely think with a better system like, oh, I don't know, the one he left in Seattle. <laughs> That's what's so comical about the whole thing. He was so desperate to get away from Seattle where they wouldn't let him cook and they didn't have an offensive line to protect him and blah, blah, blah. He has everything he wants now. And here we are. Except he's, he's losing love. And I think that's what he, he cares about his image. And I I think if you, as you know, it's not just us talking about this, but we've heard this early in the season. If, if you talk to a veteran, not just a rookie because they didn't play with Russ, but if you talk to a veteran, on the team who yeah. they would rather you know you get them into their home hey man who would you rather play with gino or russ i bet 90 percent of them are going to say i've got gino's back all day long and i think oh. that goes a long way into how their offense is playing so far this year that's been very public not not as opposed to russ but people saying how much they love gino a lot of players have come out and said that and they didn't necessarily come out and say, oh, yeah, man, we love Russ. Yeah. They didn't say that. Big, big difference. And, and you know, Gino is definitely a team guy. He, he definitely is about promoting himself. He's funny as hell. I mean, that his clapback was, <laughs> I wrote back, it's just classic. I mean, the fact that the NFL tweeted that is brilliant. But it's like... You know, he had the game of his life, and he's still saying it's a team. And when he says that, it's not like team speak. It's not the corporate thing. It's him. Exactly. And he's this, genuine. The team win. Yeah, absolutely genuine. So, of course, the teammates love him. Plus, he's helping them win. So, yeah. One one thing I wanted to mention, which. Julio Rodriguez. Julio <laughs> Rodriguez. If you had laid money. At the beginning of the season, that a quarter of the way through, okay, like not quite a quarter of the way through, but 23% or whatever because of the NFL's ridiculous 17-game schedule, that at this point in the season, that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf would have one touchdown and the tight ends would have five, how much money would you have made on that bet? Like, Well, I, I wouldn't have. You could buy so up Russell Wilson's contract. This goes back <laughs> to 1980 for me. Um, because it was the first time I can, re- yes, I said that because it was the first time <laughs> I remember making a bet. I lose literally every bet. I don't have the disposable income to make bets anyway, but 1980 Phillies Royals. I was in the <laughs> locker room of my gym class and somebody was like, oh man, I bet you the Royals will win <coughs> or, or the Phillies will win. <coughs> Sorry. I'm still coughing over it. And it was a dollar and I lost it. I, that was the first time I remember making a bet. Um, 1980 <laughs> World Series. And I was thinking, I, and I've, I win every cakewalk. Maybe everybody does that I'm in, but I lose every bet. Like if I place a bet that, oh, you know what, Todd, the, the Seahawks, they, they actually won in week four. They beat the Lions. 
then something's going to happen and some some rules going to come in and be like, oh, after I place the bet or after I tell you what the bet is, the NFL will come in and be like, oh, yeah, actually, the Lions won. We have to reverse it. I mean, that's how bad luck I have. <laughs> don't bet. Yeah, don't bet. Unless, you have the, unless you're Michael Jordan and have the disposable income and it's like, eh, it is what it is. I'm not saying betting is good or bad. Maybe I should say that with a disclaimer, but I personally don't bet because I literally – I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about anyway, so it is what it I, is. I bet I bet one dollar on the Super Bowl with my brother every year. That's the only bet I ever make, and often I lose that bet too because. Oh, I was about to say, how often do you win? Yeah, no, not that often. Well, the problem is, that's not, I was going to say he always chooses first, but actually he often gives me the first choice. So yeah, sometimes I make bad decisions. So that's kinda, like pressure. It's like winning a, to- a coin toss in a overtime or something. Or a corn toss. Corn tosses, I said, yeah. Unless you have Tavares Jackson out there to call the flip for you. <laughs> Tavares Jackson. Oh my God. That's so, who uh, Tavares Jackson. Yeah, that's right. So the Seahawks play the Saints uh, in week five. Um, it looks like Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback for the Saints, which, I mean, that's, that's a draw with Jameis Winston. Actually, Dalton's probably the smarter choice because he doesn't make stupid decisions as much as <laughs> Right. Winston. I was actually kind of sad to, to see that because I'd rather have uh, Jameis throw a couple pick sixes because yeah. there's a really good chance that would have happened. So. Yep. Um, but Kamara will be back. thousand years old. Yeah, Kamara's yeah, back, true. and that's, that's going to be painful. Michael Thompson, he, Thomas is out, though. I, I, I think that it's like... This is the week I don't, you know, last year when the two teams played, this is a good example of last year versus this year. The team clearly didn't trust Gino to do anything. He had 167 yards passing, 84 of them were to that one, I think it was the first play, second play of the game or something where he hit DK and the defender fell down. That was 84 yards. And that was most literally over half his yards that he threw. Yeah. And but this year I think will be a little bit different. The Saints have a good defense though. I mean, so it's uh, you know maybe they've given a few points, but if you look at the raw stats as far as like rushing and 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 passing defense, they're you know top half of the league. This is the the week the CX CX what the heck am I talking about? The Seahawks <laughs> the Seahawks the Seahawks uh, defense is actually going to have to come to play and actually may win need to win the game for them. I and of course we pick the, the games on, on the website torpenrising.com and I was wavered and I'm I almost drunk when I make my just FYI. a lot. I almost chose the Saints. I mean, just because not Which because would be I, a first. Saints are yeah, it would have been a first this year because you will usually pick the Seahawks no matter what, which I appreciate. Usually pick the Seahawks, although no, not no matter when the Chiefs play the Seahawks. Then, don't be. I don't think I'm gonna be choosing the uh, the gentleman in uh, college. That game could be 63 to 56. Right. It, it could be uh, on the bad side for us. But I, if there's if there's a game in the schedule that could be a letdown, an emotional letdown, it could be this game because eh, the Saints. I mean, it's not a division opponent. You know, it's kind of whatever. They're coming off the high of that insane win over the lions um yeah so for that round i'm concerned about the game because that the saints don't the saints desperately need this game the seahawks i mean every team needs every game right but i mean the saints shockingly are one and three it's like there's a huge difference obviously between two and three and one and four it's the game but i mean in that division it's like they have to have this game and the seahawks do they have to have this game? Do they? I mean, of course. They don't have to have any game. That's the thing. Exactly. That's the thing. And, and they don't feel that way. And Pete Carroll certainly doesn't feel that. We all know that's the truth. This is not a playoff team. Um, not the way the defense is playing. Now, if the defense gets their act together, which I think as the season goes on, they will. It would really help them if they picked up Landon Collins. But, uh, you know. I, I still think that the Seahawks will win this game, but this game is going to be <clears throat> really, really tight, which of course means Seattle will win like 45 to nothing. But yeah, if this you game, are a betting person, they'll put a bunch of money on the Saints tight end, whoever that happens to be. 
put all yeah. your money on that Saints tight end. Sadly. Even if even if Lee is running out there as a tight end, it's like, hey, look, I got a flute to Lee. Not cool. Uh, you'd probably I mean, get the way it's. Uh, I, I mean, I suck, but it's like, uh, you know, that, that was yeah. the worst defending of a tight end, which is weird because they actually haven't been horrible. But uh, for some reason, against the Lions, they just like yeah. so much. It was all miscommunication. I mean, Josh Jones can't tackle, but it was all miscommunication. Like, who has a tight end? Oh, I don't know. Yep. Nobody. That's the answer, sadly. Yeah, they made him look like George Kittle cubed. I mean, <laughs> very, very weird. Day. Yeah. Uh, Sadly. Very, very scary. I mean, they made him a, a hot commodity in fantasy. Hawkinson or whatever his name is. I don't even remember what his name is. I think he's from Iowa. I may be wrong about that. But. Corn-fed. One of them corn-fed boys. Well, they produce, um, they produce offensive linemen and, and Yes, they did. They do indeed. When's the last time they had a great receiver from Iowa? Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, is that... have, have they ever? Have they ever had a great receiver from that? Uh, yeah, this game is this game is, but every game, I mean, because that's who the Seahawks are. Every game you're going to worry about it more so than in Pat. I mean, that's that's kind of how twelve start. Like we because the, the offense is not going to. Yeah. Offense is not going to be as good, maybe ever, the rest of the season in week five, and the defense isn't going to be as bad. I still don't know what to expect from week five. No, anything could happen. They're not going to give up forty-five points because I would hope not. I mean, that's what the Lions are putting. the The least points they put up on anybody was twenty-seven against the Vikings. I mean, the Lions They've got a great offense. I mean, period. It's like Jared Goff all of a sudden decided, oh, this is how a quarterback plays. Well, it's clearly the coaching in Detroit. Whoever is coaching the offense has a – it needs to be a head coach soon. And they probably need to be, hey, is there any way that I could switch from being the offensive coordinator with Detroit midway through this year and maybe be the head coach in Denver? In Denver, exactly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. So bizarre. Denver wins the Super Bowl. Every, every NFL season is so – so strange and this is this is no exception but yeah i mean going into this game did we think the seahawks would be ahead of the saints in the standings like no and and here we are i had a bet on it that the saints would be ahead so um <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll end with this baseball did you watch any of baseball yesterday i did not watch any of the nine thousand baseball games that were on yesterday they were on nine thousand yeah yeah, yeah. That Japanese team beating the Padres was shocking. Um, so, um, but anyway, <laughs> I think I, I did, yeah, I watched. Uh, of course, I watched the Mariners, and I was on the edge of my, literally on the edge of my couch watching it, even though I shouldn't have been because Castillo was just like, it was funny because he got he reached the seventh inning, he made it into the eighth. I was surprised they put him out there for the eighth, but in the seventh, it was clear he was like, this is my last inning. I'm just going out there and whatever. And he strikes out the side because it was like I'm just. <laughs> You can hit this crap if you want, right? Try to hit it. And then, um, and and they do have, the the Blue Jays have a very right-handed, heavy yeah. offense. And and when you have a power pitcher on his game, that's going to give him trouble. The the Mariners actually have a left-handed pitcher. But Robbie Ray played in Detroit last year, but his he hasn't won in a month. It's just kind of a weird thing. If, if it's me and I'm the, I'm the Mariners manager, Scott Service, I'm going out there and I'm like, I'm throwing another right-handed right-hander at you who can throw heat, because yeah. Castillo was just like, I mean, when they put Munoz and the Mariners put Munoz in the game at the end, it was just like, I'm just you can't hit this crap, and they couldn't. Um, Julio Rodriguez, it was funny because he 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 actually got out um, a couple of times, but he also got hit by two pitches, which was weird, and then. Um, and then he had hit a rocket for, I mean, he, that offense, the Mariners offense, the way it's stacked up right now is good enough to win, but they have to rely on their pitching. I just thought, thought it was kind of a weird move to go with a left-hander probably because he pitched in Detroit or sorry, Toronto. Um, and then, you know, but that's still asking a lot for a left-hander. I bet they lose today. If I were a betting person, I would say the Mariners lose today being whatever day you're listening to this. If it's the next July, then it's no big deal. If they lose today, 
being the real day, it's a bad thing. But but they still have tomorrow. But I'm, I am glad. I'm gonna. I'll say this. I'm glad that they switched the base. It wasn't like a one-off. Like okay, I got Randy Johnson, and we'll move on. Um, it's just one game. I'm glad they went to the best two of three to start with. That's what I was just gonna ask you. What you think of this format? That uh, I mean, I love Much the fact better. two out of three. What What do you think of the fact that there's no travel days? It's all. I don't like games. that. Yeah, I don't like yeah, that either. It's all in Detroit. Or, why do I keep saying Detroit? <laughs> That's why. It's not like the Tigers are getting anywhere close to the playoffs. No, I'm. I'm. I, I don't like that it's all in Toronto. Yeah. But um. But it is. I mean, I can see it. You know, you're playing bam, bam, bam. It, it's that may be one thing they need to look at because it's like you have. Well, this compressed too, and that's part of. I, I hope yeah. that's part of the reason. Right, but if I'm an NFL team, I'm like, okay, I can wait a week, right? But if I'm a baseball team who's used to playing every day, and then I have to take a break while I'm watching these three games being played in wild card games, I don't yeah. want that break. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. the health is not an issue; it's repetition that you need right. in baseball. What do you think? I think hopefully they they do this next year is that the uh, the lower seed gets a home game to start off, and then the last two games. Are with are at the higher scene, and I was like, okay, interesting. Because if if you because to me it wouldn't be fair, it would be better than what they're doing now. But it wouldn't exactly be right to give the home team the first two games, and then if you can take it, and maybe that is actually better. It's like give the give the, the higher seed the home teams, and if you manage to win one on the road, then you get a home game. The more I think about it, the more I think that's probably more equitable. Because you should get something extra, and that that would be better for the higher seed rather than you know getting the last two games. Do you still want that whole week off though? Row. Almost, almost a whole no. week off if you're the no. if you're not in the wild card round. No. Play, 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 play. Jump in. Because I mean, you can take a, a, a great baseball player and then it's like okay you're on the il for 10 days and then they come back it, it takes them a game or two right right exactly yeah i don't I want that i don't want that long time just like you were saying it's like keep playing and yeah it puts a travel day in the middle of it but it's like they have travel days all the time so what yeah, but it's a day it's a day not like a week so yeah yeah the more i think about it, the, the higher seed should get the first two games if the lower seed can take one of those two. And of course, if they take them both and there's no third game, but then just, then they get a home game. Cause it really sucks for, especially for the fans. It's like, Hey, you made it to the postseason. Hey, you don't get to see your team play. Yeah. Like, At least it's better than the one off. You know? It's like, Hey, you made it much to the better. Postseason. Now you have one game. Much better than the one off. Cause like you said, it's like, Haha, we got Randy Johnson. It's like, okay, we're done. We're screwed. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. Which the Mariners so. benefited from. You know, yeah. One. But yeah, you know, much better to have. Much better to have this. Um, and, yeah. and it really puts the pressure on the manager because it's like, okay, what are you gonna do for the rotation for that next series? Is like it makes it. Uh, makes a lot it of them don't even know what they're doing for the next game, which is interesting because it's like yeah, we don't have such a short series. It's like, yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays and the and the and the Mariners basically approach it the same like every other team probably yeah. i'm assuming i i get so insular when it gets to my favorite teams in baseball because there's so much else <laughs> yeah. going on it's like right. i know like kind of with the seahawks like okay i know that tom brady is going through a domestic issue wish him the best i don't wish the guy any ill will yeah um, whatever's happening i know that but it's like as far as team by team it's like eh, i kind of have an idea but when it gets to baseball it's like there's so much going on it's like I know exactly who's batting for the Mariners, who's pitching for the Mariners. I have no clue as to what's else, what else is going <laughs> on. Yeah. But, but I know that the Blue Jays and the Mariners approached it the same. Like if if uh, the Mariners had lost game one, they may not have gone with Robbie Ray. They may have gone with somebody else. And the Blue Jays, I think, right. they left it completely open in game two. They were like, let's just see what happens in game one, which is kind of yeah. kind of weird. But yeah. That is I mean, weird. I mean, okay, we've got it. Koufax, and then we've got Drysdale, and then we've got whatever. <laughs> Dukem, I guess. But you do have to look ahead. You have to think, it's like, okay, if we sweep, we got to be ready to, for that next series. We got to have our rotation. Which is set. weird because a sweep but, is two games. Yeah, exactly. Very, very crazy. 
Uh, it is quite lovely to be in the postseason. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's nice to win. It, my fear was they, the Mariners would make the postseason, which they did like a week ago, yeah. is that they would make the postseason and then not win a game. And I was thinking to myself when I was watching the Mariners yesterday, I was thinking they never were really in a position to lose because they had the first run. Right. They had the first inning home run, and it was like Castillo was just a freaking beast. It was like this game's done. But it's like I was thinking to myself, if they had lost this game and then lost the next one, does it really count? It's like, does it, if a tree falls in the forest, no one's around to hear it. Like you, you know, if it's like, if you make the postseason for the first time in 21 years, but then you don't win a game, does it really count? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and the records obviously does, but but to a fan, no, you might as well not have made it. I agree. I mean, it would just be kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, we made the postseason. It's like, we can build. But I mean, all you're thinking about is like, okay, we can build for next year. We can build off this, which half. Okay, half the time is an exaggeration, but so often that's not how it works. Yeah, but that's that's, that's funny you say that because it's exactly yeah. how it's happening with the Mariners. It's like, right. well, we'll get more of our health, our good players healthy back next year. I mean, they're so loaded with young players, and they've done. I mean, if you have an organization that's going to approach the future, they have done. They've they rebuilt their farm system. You've got this 21 year old kid who's just a freak of nature you've got a bunch of young you've got a catcher who's 23 who's i mean they're set up and but then you have enough tons of money where it's like you can do a mid-season trade to get castillo and then once you get them like yeah we'll, we'll extend you for several more they are set up for so long but then kyle lewis is and this is for the mariners fans out there kyle lewis hasn't really played this year Kellenick probably will be pretty good. He just hasn't been very good, but he's only 22 years old. It's like, I mean, they are set up to be a beast of a team, and they've done it exactly the way they planned, and it worked out. And you never know with like young yeah. players in Major League Baseball. No, and that's no. how teams should approach them. So it's like, okay, and that's what exactly what the Seahawks are trying to do, right? Like, okay, exactly. We got rid of Wagner. We got rid of Russell. We miss Wagner a hell of a whole lot more right now. But it's yeah. like we have so much cap space and right. so much draft capital. And we think that the young players we have, we thought Daryl Taylor was going to be better. He sucks right now. Maybe he'll be better in the future. But we have so so much young talent that we are intentionally setting ourselves up two years from now and well beyond that. And I think so far, even though yeah. they're two and two, they look like they're about to do that. Definitely they do. Definitely they do. I mean, because these players, the defense, ugh, but, you know, Bryant's been playing better. Kobe. Uh, you know, overall, yeah, yeah, they have a few tremendous holes to address on defense. But they have some really good pieces on defense, for sure. The offense looks really good. Uh you know, and like you said, especially, I mean, they've got the building blocks. The fact that they've got those two tackles mm-hmm. and they're playing so well. <laughs> that's literally the building blocks of, of an offense. I mean, they are set with the draft capital, like and you DK said. still 16 years old. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it would be really great if another one of the wide receivers pans out this season. Oh, they don't I, have any more. Well, they don't have. They don't have any. I don't know if you know this. They don't have any other wide receivers other than Lockett and Metcalf. It's a apparently, decision. Apparently not. But you know, happily, the tight ends are more than picking up the slack. That can't. That can't stay. That's not really sustainable. But oh, well. Or is it? Well, or yeah. Or is it? Because the, the thing that surprises me, two things actually, is that Noah Fant is not the breakout guy, and he will be. I mean, he'll be fine with not that he'll he'll break out, but I mean, he'll he'll get his touches, and he'll he'll play well. <clears throat> and it's not so much that Bisley is having such a great season because we knew he could. He just fought through injuries, and then he didn't really get the opportunities. But Parkinson, He's the guy jumping up in in the last two years, being like, "Sorry, I was injured early. Those first two years I was in the league, kind of saw what I could do receiving, and yet you haven't done anything with me. Hello, here I am." And then this year, yeah. it's like, oh. I guess we'll go yeah. right back to you. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is because Gino actually looked at the tight ends less last season than Russ, which surprised me. 
because he's looking at him a lot more than Russ ever did. So it's it's pretty interesting the, the fact that and frankly so beneficial. I mean, each tight end has a touchdown. How crazy is that? Yeah, multiple touchdowns with Disley and Bruce. yeah, with Disley, yeah. So pretty pretty sweet that uh, it's panning out the way it is. And and Fant is kind of like the hidden the secret weapon to this point because they haven't really looked at him that much, and I'm sure they will. Uh, yeah, I just wish uh, you can never have too many weapons. Obviously, it would be great if if Eskridge starts getting worked into the system more. Is he still, more he's still in college, right? That guy's still in college. I think he is. It appears to be, yeah. Hopefully really... they draft him this year. Yeah. Or next <sighs> but, you know, maybe that's the next step to open up the offense. Because, you know, we've, we've been clamoring for it, and Pete had been clamoring for it for some reason, and it didn't happen, and then it finally did. Maybe that's the next step. It's like, okay, now we're going to work in wide receivers who aren't 14 or 16. So exactly, that would be... Yeah. Freddie Swain's got to be like, I mean, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Anyway, that's that's our program for today. It went a little bit longer because the Seahawks won. And next week, tune in if they lose, and it'll be 10 minutes long. So thank you for listening. Enjoy your PBS programming for the rest of the day. Volpark. Why are you the worst? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.